Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Run With Ally Live. It is Tuesday, August 16th, and it is a beautiful day here in Brooklyn, New York. And from what I understand, it's also a beautiful day in Denver, Colorado. Isn't it, Rick? Sure is. Yeah. And by that, I mean cool and wet. <laughs> oh, oh, you got a little rain or snow? Yeah, a little little rain and or not no snow, but just a little bit of rain. And it just took a big edge off of the heat out here. So welcome. That must be nice. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And before we formally introduce you and learn about your method and everything you're all about, uh, for those of you returning to the show, welcome back. Please do not forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss a new episode with a new weekly special guest. And for those of you new on here, welcome. We're very happy to have you here today. And please don't forget to subscribe to the show after you listen to today's episode. So without further ado, here is Rick. Rick, how do you pronounce your last name properly? Olderman, just how it's spelled. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Rick Olderman. uh, He is, that's an interesting, uh, not that you're old, but you know. (laughs) I am. (laughs) It's okay. Um, You don't have to be polite. (laughs) Age is just a number. Um, founder of the Fixing You series and a very well-known uh, physical therapist, coach, and author. And if I missed anything there, feel free to, you know, weigh in and, you know. That's fine with me. You know, you did great. Awesome. And so, yeah, so we have Rick Olderman here today. He is based in Denver, Colorado, and I'm excited to talk to you and share Rick's uh, Fixing You series and just how all of this could help you move better for life and run better for life. So without further ado for the second time, Rick, thank you so much for coming on here today. Thanks for having me, Allie. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to connect with you. And I would love for you to tell us in your own words, a little bit of your background, what you're all about and your fixing you series. Sure. Sure. Uh, so, uh, like you said, I'm a physical therapist. I, one of the reasons I got into physical therapy was because of my own back pain uh, prior to physical therapy school. And uh, I just happened to be kind of pointing in that direction already. So so that kind of uh, put the icing on the cake as far as whether I should go. And I thought I would learn the insider secrets to solving pain 
and specifically my back pain, but that really didn't happen. And what I learned in P is that in a lot of medical training, we're trained about identifying the uh, tissues that are damaged, but we're not so much trained about understanding why those tissues are damaged. And so that really came to play out after I graduated, went to my first job, uh, and I did great with easy, easy things, sprains, strains, things like that. But any kind of chronic issue, uh, boy, I, it, was, it was luck whether I got people better or not. So uh, I was sunk into a deep depression over this for a few years because I, I was really uh, wondering if this was the right thing for me. And uh, then I just decided to finally buckle down and try and figure this out. And so that's what led to uh, me putting together my approach, which I call the fixing you approach, because it's about you fixing you, not about me fixing you. And as I feel it should be, because we are the source of our own pain. So we should be able to solve that pain. And so that's how I came to be where I am today. Wow, that's that's a whole lot and a little quick, you know, uh, synopsis, but I... Wow, that's very inspiring to say the least. Um, and I hope that all of the runners on here are listening to this and really taking into consideration, you know, not just jumping the gun, not just jumping to pain meds or surgery as a, a way to fix your pain and maybe seeking out someone like Rick and, you know, looking into his Fixing You series to see how you could prevent your injuries and keep them away. So, Rick, I got to ask you, <laughs> I know yeah. this is a loaded question. Sure. Um, what is the most common injury, I guess, you see amongst endurance athletes, generally speaking, and distance runners? So I guess that's a twofold question. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's hard to say the most common, but uh, I'll tell you the, the three most likely, hip, knee, and foot. I mean, all day long. And... Uh, and there are different reasons. They're all connected kinetically. And uh, it took me a long time to put this whole system together to understand how exactly they are connected. But um, when you have one problem in, say, your hip, you it, it does involve your foot and knee. The same with the knee. The hip and foot are involved. So it doesn't make sense to really isolate an injury. An injury may is only where you're feeling the pain. It's not where the problem is. The problem was often a joint or two away. And so uh, so it's a, a bit of a difficult question to answer because we function as a system. So, yeah. I love that you said that because I am not as uh, well-versed and experienced as you, but just having dealt with a quad strain and piriformis syndrome, like before even really getting into fitness, like really starting out. I was like, oh my gosh, it's my glue, it's my hip, you know, just self-diagnosing myself, like more or less. And, you know, slowly over the years, I've done, you know, a little bit of my own research and just spoken to specialists like yourself and just really learned that that kinetic chain and even, you know, to your upper body, it all connects, all the joints connect. And I find that fascinating and love how you, you know, tie that together. Um, so I'm going to give you I'm going to use myself as an example. So say I sure. came to you and I, I, my sciatic nerve was really bothering me and I was really upset about it and I couldn't run. What, 
like what kinds of questions would you ask me? And, you know, I mean, I guess like what would like, yeah, I would just like you to like walk me through what that would look like. Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd watch you walk to my table. That would give me a lot of information. And I'm going to assume it was your right thigh and right piriformis, right? I'm going to assume it's a, it's a right-sided sciatic issue then, um, if you don't mind for the purposes of this, because when you have a chronic issues like that and they're not adequately rehabbed, they resurface again as some other issue in the same system of, of problems. And so, uh, that's the first thing I always take is a very, uh, detailed history because even, even those old sprained ankles you had, you know, 15 years ago, if they weren't correctly rehabbed or you weren't taught to, to walk correctly again after that, or you've had some residual problem, uh, it, it, they, those come back to haunt you. And that, and I can't tell you, in fact, I was just in an email exchange with a, a girl, uh, she's having right-sided pain, SI joint pain, sciatic pain. And I said, well, you know, you've, this is due to a, some old injury that you've got on your right side. She says, I, I have no injuries on my right side. I said, well, I beg to differ. And I've never even looked at her. We're just exchanging emails. I said, I beg to differ. It's you, you must have, you know, either that or you're compensating for an old injury on the left side. And so uh, she said, well, I don't have any. I said, well, I, I really think hard about this. And then she, the next email was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I completely forgot that I've been dealing with a hamstring tear for the last five years. And you know, on the same side, I'm just like, and so this is, these are our blind spots. And so uh, I say this because we're not taught like what you've, you've learned that everything's connected and we all intuitively know that, but we don't know how to use that information to solve or understand pain. And that's what I've been trying to figure out these last 25 years. And so by me connecting that hamstring issue to her sciatic or SI joint pain, she suddenly understood. And, and I said, look, the same thing that's causing the, the hamstring chronic tear, because that's not a natural phenomenon. To have a chronic tear for five years, that's not natural. So something's feeding that issue. I said, whatever is feeding that issue is feeding your sciatic issue too. And so we, you know, I would take that long history from you. I would do my functional exam, which includes everything from the rib cage down to the foot. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, we were diagnosed the problem very quickly. So usually in your case with a, a one-sided pain like sciatica, uh, is this video, is this going to be video alley or is this going to be just audio? It's going to be video also on YouTube. Oh, okay. I'm going to bring out my skeleton then. Okay. All right. And um, I'll just show you, it's easier just to show. And for those, I'll describe it for those of you who are just listening too. But if we have a right-sided sciatic issue, all right, the sciatic nerve comes from the lower lumbar vertebrae. All those nerve roots comprise the sciatic nerve that runs down the leg. So typically what's happening with these unilateral types of problems is that the same side pelvis is sitting higher than the other side. And also the same size rib cage is sitting lower, which creates compression as you can imagine, on the sciatic nerve roots because it's compressing the spine into the side bending position. So, the, and it's easy to figure that whether you have this. And, and in fact, for your listeners, if you go home and have someone take a picture of your back with your shirt off, and you'll normally see a, a crease on one side of the spine that's larger than the other side. And that's a, a clear indicator that you've got a side bending problem. Now, if it's a relatively new problem, 
you won't see the crease. But if it's been around for a while, you'll probably see a crease uh, or a difference in sizes of creases. Anyway, so uh, this issue is happening, the cybenin issue is happening because it's your body's way of responding to some other problem down the whole chain. So we have these hardwired reflexes that we're born with, and one of them is called a withdrawal reflex. And so if we step on a sharp item on our foot, we withdraw from that because it hurts. Well, part of that withdrawal pattern happens in the pelvis and waist area. So if we have an old chronic injury, that's not as sharp as a piece of glass, but it's just something that your, your brain learns to compensate around because our goal is to run that marathon or to go from A to B. And so that's where we're going to focus. And we'll kind of ignore these old aches and pains thinking, oh, it's not bothering me. So it must be okay. Well, no, it's, it's okay only because your brain is teaching your body how to compensate around that issue. But eventually it's going to come back to haunt you. And so when I deal with any kind of issue like yours, sciatica, we have to look deeper down the chain to solve the root of that issue. And this is usually where it's at, somewhere down here. That's very interesting. So, you know, I haven't had, fingers crossed, that issue come back to haunt me. But that being said, this is a very interesting conversation because who's to say it's not going to do that in the future? And I always love learning from specialists like yourself. And, you know, I was just thinking about you showing that skeleton. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that's why, like, my left my left side, like, when I, every time I run, I could visibly see the pelvic tilt like this. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah. And so, and so what you just said about the right side bend, that makes sense. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, it's really fascinating and cool, but it's just something to not ignore. Yes. Oh, there, there's many potential reasons to have a side bending issue. Uh, and it could be an asymmetry in how you're actually built. So I don't know if you've run into the terms of antiverted or retroverted femurs before. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Uh, fortunately I did, my uncle is an orthopedic surgeon, so I did get uh, like an MRI and x-ray right after this happened and my bones like look pretty good, but you know, um, and you know, my alignment looks good. Like the femur is the thigh bone, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, that looked good, but just my, what was happening was, yeah, my, me using my right side personally, um, way too much. And my left yeah. side, it has always been a little weaker. So this is, this is one of the things, you know, that could explain that. And I don't know whether this is happening to you, but these are the kinds of things that I look at is that there, there's a concept called femoral antiversion and retroversion. So the femur is the thigh bone and retroversion means that the thigh bone is actually twisted outward and an antiverted femur means it's twisted inward. So females typically have more anterior antiverted femurs or twisted inward and men typically have more externally rotated femurs well it's possible to have a normal and just one antiverted femur so if you have an antiverted femur or one that's twisted in that creates internal rotation and our joints don't like internal rotation because that increases compression all right and so if you have a, a physiological bias towards internal rotation that could explain why you have a natural weakness on that side. Does that make sense? In which case, uh, you would then, if, if I was working with you, we would strengthen the things that control 
that internal rotation more so that it is at least controlled rather than uncontrolled. So other things can feed into this. Like some people have, like myself, I have one foot that's more flat than the other. So all of these things feed up the chain and contribute to these unilateral types of problems or bilateral. That's so interesting. Thank you for, wow, showing us that. Um, Definitely very helpful to see the visual too. And that makes complete sense. Just gets me thinking, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So curious for things like that. And, you know, again, using myself as a guinea pig because I love to do that. Um, I guess like... (laughs) Just from what I know, would you, would it be more lateral uh, muscles that were like are worked in the frontal plane rather? So like adductors, abductors, maybe like glute medius. I mean, like are those things that would help kind of with that internal rotation? Say if like my left femur was turning inward. Okay. So well, first of all, it's pretty easy to determine whether you have antiversion or retroversion. So if you did have antiversion. One of the primary muscles that we would strengthen would be the gluteus maximus. However, it's not so much that you're, you, you may work your butt all the time and it's plenty strong. The problem is, and this is, this is what, I, what happens with a lot of runners, is that the problems aren't in running. The problems are in walking. Because if you think about how much time you spend walking during the day versus how much time you spend running during the day, it's a huge difference. You spend a lot more time walking. So the walking is setting most people up for failure because it's creating uh, abnormal uh, length tension relationships in the legs and it turns on or off muscles that shouldn't be turned on or off. So uh, in this case that we're talking about with an antiverted femur, yes, we can strengthen your butt, but what if I found out that your butt is plenty strong? Then why strengthen it? Really, what I would look at is how you're using your butt when you're walking. That's where the rubber hits the road. Running, I'm not so concerned about it because running naturally turns on the butt. But walking doesn't for a lot of people. And that's usually where the problem lies. Interesting. Wow, I'm learning so much right now. And, you know, to the listeners on here, this is good stuff. Uh, the majority of your day when even if you have a desk job for the majority of the listeners on here, like many of us do, when you get up to go to the bathroom, like you're saying to not, you know, brush off the way you're even getting up and walking to the bathroom because Correct. that could all f- play a factor into these imbalances. And it all dangerous. matters. It all matters. And so, uh, you know, you come uh, into our clinic with any, any kind of lower body or back problem, uh, we evaluate you, we look at you from the rib cage all the way down the foot, and absolutely no one escapes us working with them until we fix their gait pattern, because that's often one of the biggest root causes of most chronic issues in the lower body and back. Why do you think not every runner is given this information? I mean, like, honestly, like, obviously, that would be great, but you know, in all seriousness, um, you know, I guess how could you, how do you propose that we get more individuals to understand the importance of this in relation yeah. to running and just living a better, healthier life? Yeah. And I'll give you my honest answer, Allie, is that, uh, it's not, it's physical therapists too. A lot of physical therapists are, are not trained to understand things like this. 
And so we can use similar words and we can say things like, oh, it's all connected, but we don't understand how really those connections work to create and solve pain. And that's what I've been digging down into for these last 25 years. So, but to answer your question, I believe it shouldn't just be in the purview of the physical therapist. I think anyone, coaches like you, personal trainers, Pilates, yoga, PTs, chiropractors, anyone who works with people who have pain and who move would benefit from this information. So that's why I've also created an online training program for anybody uh, to use. And if you go to healpatientsfaster.com, you know, you can download that. And if you type in fixing you all one word, you can get a 20% discount. Well, that's geared towards physical therapists because I offer CEUs, about 30 CEUs, depending on which state you are, but most states it's 30 CEUs. It's That's a significant amount of CEUs. So if you're in a profession that requires CEUs, pretty much guaranteed you're going to get the CEU requirement that you need for whatever period of time you need that for. But that's, frankly, that's the best way to learn all of this. You can read my books too. Uh, and also I have downloadable home programs for people to solve their pain at home. Um, and you can go to fixingyoumethod.com and find those for anything from head to toe. And again, using that same fixing you uh, coupon code will get you 20% off. So if you just want to solve your pain, you can use those. But if you want to learn how to help your other people solve pain, the healpatientsfaster.com is the best way to go. You can try and piece it together from my other books and stuff, but it would go much faster if you just took that program. Yes. And I'm going to share those links um, in the show notes along with the discount code. I think that those are excellent resources for anyone to get the right information from and to work with you potentially to, you know, kind of help themselves and other people move better forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the goal. My, my belief, Allie, is that if people like you and other, because frankly, you're the first person that people turn to, if they have an ache or pain, they're going to come to you. Not, not me. We even talked before the show that your, your clients are reluctant to go to the physical therapist that you want them to go to. Right. Well, that's so common. I know that, you know, no one wants to come to me. I'm a last resort. They want to go to you. And so it makes sense to develop something that you can learn and that you, you understand this information too. So then you have a line out your door of people, you know, waiting to get helped, you know, so uh, as it should be. And I feel that if people like you and uh, like coaches all the way through doctors understood this, conceivably we could get rid of chronic pain because most musculoskeletal chronic pain is all based on old issues that weren't correctly looked at or dealt with and and have come back to haunt people if we can nip that in the bud no more chronic pain yeah i'm definitely going to be looking at your CEUs, to be <laughs> honest and to any of my athletes on here uh rick means that in the nicest way possible you know um yes my athletes i'm grateful that they come to me first and they they seek um, my expertise but i have a learn i have a lot of learning to do i'm the first one to say it and we all do Yes. And I think I always say, be a student of your profession. And this is a great way to kind of expand, you know, my repertoire of knowledge and just, you know, to learn kind of what you've been doing and also to hopefully help more people just yes. dodge the injuries and keep them far exactly. gone. Exactly. 
Yeah. I mean, I I've trained for a couple marathons and I've lost many more marathons that I've trained for because of injuries. Right. Cause I just didn't do it right. And I decided, or, you know, I didn't even, wasn't even following my own advice. <laughs> it's so, okay. It's yeah, okay. I know it, it happens, but that's how I learned. And just the other week I was not feeling right on one of my runs. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to cut this one short. And I was so proud of myself for finally exerting wisdom <laughs> in my own run, in the heat of the run, you know? And so, you know, it, it took me this long to be able to do that. You know what? I love that you said that. And to the listeners on here, this just shows you that the top in the field, like we all make, like we all make mistakes. You know, it's, it's always good to learn more, to practice what you preach, but it's really hard to do. And so the next time you're out in a run or a walk and something doesn't feel right, try to swallow that pride and take a step back literally and figuratively because it will do you such good things to just kind of figure out what's going on versus trying to push it. Because if you push into an injury, you won't be running a marathon anytime soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have to, I have to ask you since you were out training for a marathon, um, and just speaking of marathons, how, like it, how many times have you seen someone who has had runner's knee? Oh gosh. <laughs> so many, I mean, uh, okay. Uh, one person will call it runner's knee. Another one will call it patellofemoral syndrome, or there's a myriad of names and uh, you know, yes. So it's pain. It's a problem in the hip or the foot that's typically expressed at the knee. Cause if you think about it, if you look at the anatomy of the lower body, there's precious little in the knee that actually controls the knee. In fact, there's only one muscle in the knee that controls the knee. Everything else is coming from the hip and the foot. So if you do have run, uh, a knee issue and someone hasn't been looking at your hip and foot and how you're using those things, that's likely what you're missing. Hmm. Very, very interesting. I, that's really good to know. And when you say, you know, hip, I feel like that's, that is very, it's very common. It's talked about, you know, glute, hip flexors, quads, not so much the ankle. I'd be curious to like, mm. just wonder like what you look for. Yeah. In terms of, I guess the ankle, the way someone walks, Sure. like we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the most common problems that I see with gait patterns is that uh, people tend to lock their knees when they're standing and walking. Well, what this does is it contributes to calf and soleus shortening. But there's the, but the only muscle that's in the knee that controls the knee is called the popliteus muscle. And that runs behind the knee deep to all of these muscles. And it runs from one side of the knee to the other, from low to high, from inside to outside. So that tiny little muscle controls rotation of the knee. and the way that the thigh bone is built at the knee joint is that it's got two lobes that are angled differently. So rotation is built into the knee joint and the popliteus is one of the thing is the thing that controls that rotation directly. Well, when that popliteus gets in spasm, it tends to lock the knee into a rotated position and that equals pain. So, uh, one of the, and I mentioned all of this because when we lock our knees, it causes that popliteus muscle to start spasming because it's trying to control that ex knee hyperextension that you're creating. It doesn't want it. And if you keep locking your knee, then you're further irritating that popliteus. So uh, looking at the foot and ankle, 
the most common thing that's happening there is that the foot is that the calf and soleus complex becomes tight. But the question is, why does it become tight? And, you know, as a physical therapist, I used to say, oh, yeah, let's stretch your calf and soleus. And I the patients will always come back. I have been stretching my calf and soleus and it's not getting any, any longer. And I find I'm just like, that's so unusual because you can stretch other muscles in the body and they don't shorten. So I tried to figure out, you know, what's going on here. And I finally figured out that it's because of how we sleep. So when we sleep, if you sleep on your back, your covers are over your feet and your feet are pointed away from you. Well, that shortens the calf soleus complex, right? If you sleep on your side, you'll notice you do the same thing. And especially if you sleep on your stomach, that's definitely going to cause calf and soleus shortening. So when you cause calf and short, soleus shortening, then the knee can't move over the foot as easily. So the force, have you ever turned around, Allie, and run into something that you didn't know was there? Definitely. Okay. How much force has your body generated in that one half step when you turn and run into something? It's a huge amount of force, right? It's like getting hit by a truck, right? Uh, I Unfortunately, I do it too often. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I try not to be that clumsy. I'm just thinking about <laughs> yeah. it, but yeah. But it, but it happens. And so our bodies are generating tremendous force moving. And so if we're trying to create this force moving forward, but our calf ankle or our calf and soleus aren't allowing the ankle to bend, well, where's that force going? It's got to go somewhere. And so the two likely places are down into the foot because the foot has 26 joints in it and can absorb that foot, that, that force that way, which then causes typically plantar fasciitis issues, heel spurs, Morton syndromes, things like that. Or the foot will push it back up into the knee. And then that will cause the knee to hyperextend too much, right? So then we get back to that popliteus issue. So the solution is to solve the sleeping pattern or behavior. And then that loosens naturally the calf and soleus complex, which then allows the knee to move over the foot and ankle, which then prevents it from pushing back into the knee hyperextension, calms down the popliteus muscle. So that's half of that equation of the runner's knee. So how would you propose someone sleeps? Yeah. Like, so or fixes I, I don't propose that pattern. anyone, anyone change their <laughs> sleeping pattern. But okay. what I recommend is, uh, there's something called a dorsal night splint and, uh, people with tight calf and soleus muscles will hate this. <laughs> so, because what it does is it holds your foot into a neutral, neutral position. And for those people who have really bad chronic issues, what they'll find is that they're constantly fighting against this dorsal night splint. They're trying to plantar flex that foot all night long. And so they, they wake up, they unconsciously usually kick it across the room. It creates burning and pain in the foot and ankle and the calf and all this kind of stuff. And some people just give up on it. Well, you can't because this is the source of the lower body issue. So usually after a week or two of wearing this, you will break the habit of contracting the calf and soleus muscle and you won't have to wear it. You might have to wear it once a week or once a month or something like that too you know, keep up on it. But anyway, that's the, that's the big deal. You got to break this contraction pattern and, and the dorsal night splint will do that for you. Wow. Maybe I could also share that in the show notes. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, the, are... these are all the little kernels. This is how I've been putting things together all, all these years. It's just trying to dial in and figure all the, the, the question you, you have to keep asking yourself is why is this happening? And mm -hmm. so you can go to someone and they can manipulate something or stretch something or do whatever. But 
if you're not asking, hey, why is this happening? Why do I have to keep coming back to you to get help again and again? Why does this injury keep popping up in my life? Every time I reach 15 miles, this injury happens. Why? And so there is a reason and you can solve those reasons, but you have to know where to look. Interesting. Wow. Um, I'm just thinking of the number of times that I, you know, me too, that physical therapists and, you know, anyone in their profession, you know, tell you to keep coming back, but how many times are those injuries solved for good? And that's just like a, like a rhetorical question. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, my goal is for you never to see me. <laughs> well, that, right? and that's interesting. You're the first I person that has have, said that. Yeah. So I want you like, to have complete control over your body and understand exactly what's going on. And that's, and I teach that in those home programs. And, you know, uh, there's no reason why you can't understand this. There's no reason. You just need the right information. That's what you've been missing. Hmm. Well, now we have it here, right on the Run With Alley Live podcast. There we <laughs> go. Yeah, no, Exclusive. it's excellent. Yes, <laughs> exclusively for the show listeners on here. Yes, with a special discount code. I'm excited to tap into fixing you in all seriousness and to look look at all, like everything you have to offer, because I think it's very valuable. And to everyone on here, this could only help you, your running friends, your family, anyone you know, move better. I think so. Yes. Uh, so one final question for you, for, you know, I ask all my guests this, why did you say yes to being on the Run With Alley Live podcast today? And, you know, I know you reached out or your assistant did, and I'm really happy and honored that you came on here to share this wealth of knowledge, but yeah. Well, uh, you know, you're a running coach. And like I mentioned earlier in our chat, you are one of the first people that people will look to for answers. And I, I feel that if I can talk to people like you and like this information isn't difficult, it's really simple when I lay it out like this, right? It's not hard to grasp, but uh, no one's really put this together like this before. And so if I can help someone like you and you're working with 20 different athletes and you can head off their in chronic injuries, well, then I've now helped through you 20 different people, right? And so that's the importance of reaching out to uh, people. I, I, I call you an infantry person. You're on the ground. You are, you're dealing directly hands-on with your, with your patients and clients. You care about them. And those are the people I want to work with. Wow. Well, I'm very, very happy to dig in and to hopefully help all my athletes and more in the upcoming years of my life when I continue building a career out of, you know, this. So, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a really big pleasure having you and to all the listeners on here. All of the links that Rick mentioned are going to be in the show notes and you could reach out to him, but be mindful of his time. <laughs> Once I do share the episode across all of the platforms that you could listen to the show on. And other than that, Rick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Allie. I, I wish you the best and thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. I, I'm looking forward to staying in touch and learning more about fixing you and fixing me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. And to uh, a friendly reminder, if you are new on here, please do not forget to subscribe to the show after this episode is complete. I will see you next week with a new special guest at the same time. Thank you so much. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show sharing 
on running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you could connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I could better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Ally Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Ally Live. See you next time.